Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. I am so excited because today my wife is going to share a message with you. Yeah. And uh, in fact, this is the conversation we had that actually originated this whole series. So the series Back to Life came from what she's going to share with you today. So if you have your pens and your papers and notebooks or you want to take notes on our app, you can do that as well. But I encourage you to tune in in this next 30 minutes, you know, silence your phones. Don't get uh, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, right? <laughs> but will you welcome my beautiful wife, Alini, to the stage. Pasta, Alini Miller. So I love how you guys are excited before I start. That'll get me because I'm not going to ask at the end how it went. <laughs> um. It's good to be back. It's good to be here with you guys. Um, it's good to see your faces. It's been a couple of months, I guess three months. <laughs> three months since I've been up here. And um, like he said, we, we were having a great conversation. And we started this series or talked about having this series. And the reason for this series is... In my heart, God has always impressed very, very deeply in my heart the passage in Revelations 12, 11, that says that um, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, for me, talking to people and uh, listening to their stories is always so impactful, right? Knowing that God had did it for them just says to me that God can do it for me, right? So my prayer this morning for you before... I pray, is that whatever God has done in our lives, in our family, in my life, he will do it for you. And that you would take that as an encouragement that God has no favorite children. Which in my house is kind of funny because all my kids go, I'm your favorite, I'm your favorite, I'm your favorite. You know, and it just reminds me, you know what, sometimes we look at God and go, I know I'm your favorite. You know, may you feel his favorite this morning, each and every one of us in this room. So let's pray. And then um, continue our Back to Life series. God, I thank you that you're present. Oh, you're so good to us. You're so kind. And we just thank you, God, that we're never forsaken. We're never forgotten. We thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid on the cross to save us. But you to save us eternally, but to save us here too. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present, that you're with us, that you're trying to speak to us all the time. And this morning, we open up our ears and we open up our eyes to hear and see what it is that you have for us. Would you walk into each and every crevice of every heart? Would you speak to every mind in this place? And may everybody, everybody that walked in here, that tuned in online, may they walk out with hope with peace, with joy, with an expectation of what's to come. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if I look through the book of Acts, um, we, we see Peter, right? If you look through the, the early church, we see, I don't want to fall. <laughs> 
we see Peter, um, he starts his ministry by telling everyone what God had done in his life. That's how ministry of the churches begin, right? The Holy Spirit comes down and he begins to preach. And he begins to tell them what God has done in his life. And I'm really a really huge believer in that God doesn't ask us to go and be eloquent in the world. God doesn't ask us to go and have, you know, the best laid out speech or um, message or whatever. He says, share what I have done in your life. That's it. That's the call. You know, we're always, like, we're often afraid to go out there. What will I say? What will I say? Well, just tell him what he did for you. Just tell him what he did for you. And so today, this back to life continuation, um, I want to tell you what God has done for us. I want to tell you what God has done these past couple of months in my own life um, with, the, with the hopes that it will, again, encourage you in whatever area you are because the Back to Life series is about that area in our life where we kind of need resuscitation, you know, that area in our life where we kind of need God to breathe into it because you just don't know how to get over it or you don't know how to overcome, or you don't know how to erase, you don't know how to fix, you don't know how to solve, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself. And God is willing to. God is willing to walk into those areas of our lives. Uh, And sometimes, I want to encourage you with, sometimes God does it instantaneously, like all of a sudden things change. But oftentimes it's a journey. And we like God to be a microwave, Zap, 30 seconds, done, ding. But really, if you look at your walk with God, you'll find that he's a slow cooker. Right? There's a process. There's a process most often. There's a journey. And the reality is that we would probably not be able to handle the end if we didn't go through the process. We wouldn't be able to handle what he has for us. We couldn't sustain it if we didn't little by little walk through the process of growth. So about, about a month before I delivered Christopher, I began to feel this intense anxiety. And what is really interesting is that the last message I spoke here was on peace three months ago. Right? It began to, I spoke about the Prince of Peace and how peace is the presence of God. And about a month before he was born, I started to feel. So I, I began to feel tested on this area. The moment I got out of the stage. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And, you know, for whatever reason, it would come and go. And I didn't pay much attention to it. But I started to feel this really big anxiety coming in. And it would go. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe I even thought it was caffeine related. I thought, let me just stop. Not that I had two cups of coffee a day. But I said, let me cut that out and go to decaf. Which, if you know me, that is like a cardinal sin. But I was like, I'll, I'll go to decaf, you know. But it didn't pass. It didn't, like, it kept coming. And then J.D. had a scheduled trip to Houston, and he got on a flight to go to Houston. And that day I had this episode where I, th- I had to call the ambulance because I did not know I was pregnant. And when you're pregnant, you don't know, right? So I had to call the ambulance. had to call Liz over. I'm like, stay with the kids. I got to figure out what's going on with me. And come to find out it was, like, my heart. And I'm like, okay, well, that passed. And then I went into labor, and I delivered Chris. And after that, my heart had a series of ups and downs. 
and my body. Obviously, if you've ever, if you're a mom in a room or if you have, you know, a spouse or if you know somebody who's delivered, you know it's pretty tough to go through the process and the hormones and everything that's involved. But this just kept lingering. And I've never had any of this with my other children. I'm, I'm a veteran here. I have four. So it's not like this was my first rodeo, you know. But oh, five days into it, and I'm still having the shakes. I'm still having all these emotional things in my heart is racing. And the darkness that overtook my mind was beyond what I had ever felt before. And I knew this was an attack. I knew this was a personal attack on my spirit, on my mind, on my soul. It was dark. I was seeing things that I had never, never seen before. Now, I don't know if you've ever been there where your mind has just a, a, a mind of its own, right? It kind of goes in its own direction. And you're like, where are these thoughts coming from? I've never, I've never had these. And they're ugly and they're evil. And I want to call attention to you today that that is not you and that is not God. Number one, we need to remember that darkness is coming at us. There is an enemy for our souls. And he is like a roaring lion, right? He's coming and he's sending flame. These are all things the Bible says about it. He sends flaming arrows into our minds. And you have to recognize when these things are not your own because that the Lord Jesus has given you power over. The Lord Jesus died on the cross so that we would be set free. And whoever is set free is free indeed. So when it's darkness from the pits of hell, you can stand against that. And so five days into darkness... I called my husband, and I'm like, this is what's happening. I need you to pray with me. This is what I'm seeing. This is what, you know. The Bible teaches us, and I'm going to go through many, many passages, okay? But the Bible teaches us that if we confess our sins to one another, we would be healed, right? There's a lot of darkness and a lot of things that stay in our mind because we don't expose them. It is required of us to bring it to light, now, the, darkness expel, the, the light expels the darkness, but it has to be brought into the light. So I call my husband, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. These are the thoughts that are running through my head. I don't know where they're, they're not mine. And so we pray, and we pray, and I, I'm so blessed that God, and that's just, again, it's not just me, but it was it's such a, God, is, God goes before us. And he'll send people, he'll put people in your path to be there for you when you need it. And I had my in-laws who were in my house um, the first three weeks that we um, were with Christopher. And I called, and they were prayer warriors. I mean, if you ever saw people pray, these people, they pray. And so we called the three of us together, and we prayed, and we covered. And, and then I broke down the day after J.D. was here. It was interesting. J.D. was here at church and I couldn't come. I wasn't feeling well yet. And he's here, you know, with you guys and, and praying and worshiping. And I have a breakdown moment at home. I am on the floor of my kitchen saying, God, if everything that we say is not true for me right now, then it's not true. That's what I say to God. Let me encourage you. Can you be honest with him? When you're going through things. When you need him to show up, we don't play pretend. We don't pretend church. We don't pretend a relationship with God. We're real. And I needed, it was so dark, I needed him to show up for me. So if everything that I say up here doesn't make sense to me, God, and it's not real for me right now, then it's not real. 
Because I have to be able to speak and declare and believe for others what I know to believe for myself, right? So I'm on the floor, like literally just on the floor, crying and like, God, I need you to intervene right now. I need the power of Jesus to come, to awaken inside of me. Those are the words God gave me. And I, I kid you, I, I said, the moment I get out of this floor, I want to know. I want to know that you're active and alive in me. I want to feel that. And I lifted from the floor, and the shakes that I was feeling stopped, and the darkness left, and everything just changed at that moment for me. And I'm here today to share and to, to give you a few lessons and things that I've learned in this journey because I still have to control my mind. See, the darkness, the enemy, we stand firm against. That's what the Bible teaches us. Stand firm and he will flee, right? However, your mind is your responsibility. It's your territory. And you are able to welcome them back in. You welcome the dark thoughts, welcome the things back into your life. Or you can keep them at bay and learn to retrain your mind because the, your mind, because the Bible teaches us in Romans that we ought to take every thought captive. That is our responsibility, not anyone else's, right? And so I want to tell you, and David says in Psalm 37, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread. Make a note of that. Never. And I have to agree with David. In 25 years in ministry, most of our lives um, serving the Lord, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Take a note of that. He won't leave you. There are things you will walk through, but he won't leave you. Now, in the middle of all of this, as I am now still in the journey and retraining my mind and reading books about, you know, um, retraining and, and thinking right and getting rid of toxic thoughts, and I'm, you know, working this out, which is my part, I ha we have an experience at home with our little girl. So Chloe... Chloe is our tender spirit. Chloe is the one that is like all creative and energy, a ball of creativity and love and joy and, you know, energy. And she is watching TV. She's watching YouTube. And she watches something that scares her. They're like these evil little dolls, Chucky, or one of those dolls. Come on, she's eight, guys. You know how it is, right? So it pops up. It's a short something that pops up, and she watches it. And then, because she's a kid, she goes to my iPad and checks if those dolls exist. Obviously, I pull up my iPad and I see it there. And I'm like, what was she doing? You know? And so she's checking. And now she believes it. Now she believes that these are real. So it's nighttime. Obviously, she's going to go to bed. And she is scared. She is so, so scared. She's afraid, you know. And I remember having something like this when I was young. When I was, like, about her age, I had watched something, and I was scared and afraid. And I had gone to my parents and asked them to sleep with them. And they had said, no, because you chose to watch that. You're going <laughs> to, right? So I had to go to my bed and handle it. Well, I couldn't do that to Chloe. I couldn't do that to Chloe. I couldn't tell her, no, you got to handle it now. So I didn't send her. I let her sleep with us. Now, mind you, we have a baby, a newborn baby. Now another kid, like, you know, chaos in my room. So she sleeps with us. We pray with her that night. She sleeps with us that night. But the next day comes around, and she's still afraid. And I'm telling, I'm like, Chloe, you have to learn to control what's the thoughts that are coming in your mind 
and you have to learn to give them to God, right? So I'm explaining to her, you got to learn to give them to God. You got to learn to release them. And, you know, all these conversations that we've had before with her. I know we have, she has, uh, Catherine sometimes come by and stays with her. And she's had an episode where she was scared of something. And Catherine had stayed with her and talked to her about praying about it too. So she's aware of what to do when she's afraid. So then she looks at me and she says, Mommy, can I pray on my knees? And at that moment, I got to tell you, it was like the Holy Spirit was talking to me. He was talking to her and talking to me. And both of us got on our knees and we prayed the most honest prayer. She was so vulnerable. She was so real with God. And she cried out to God, God, could you help me? Would you help me in my fear? Would you help me not feel fear? Would you help me not feel scared? And she just kind of went, right? And, to, and that was the lesson that I gathered, and I remembered, I remembered the passage in Matthew 18, 2 and 3. It says, he called the little child to him, placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That moment, that passage popped up in my head, and I said, okay, I have to be like a child. I have to be like a child. Today, as we talk about, I'm going to give you three things that I've learned from Chloe. As I dug deep into what it means to be a child and to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, one of the things that we recognize and that we find in children is humility. Right? One of the things that children are really good at is being humble. See, a child is able to ask for help. How many times... Do we struggle with something or we're facing something and we're not willing to ask for help? We're not willing to go to someone who maybe is further ahead or who has had this experience or who loves us that can hold space for us and say, hey, I need help. There's a passage in James 5.16 that says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. See, we like the prayer of the righteous person as powerful and effective. We don't like the part that says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. The God is guiding us. See, he tells us, hey, come to me like a child, and I'm going to show you what that looks like. And one of them is confess your sins to one another. Ask for help so that you may be healed. Another thing I learned about a child is a child is not ashamed to cry. Right? I mean, you, you know kids can wail. <laughs> hey, when was the last time you cried? That you actually opened up your heart to someone and let them see the vulnerable side of you and cried and said, hey, I, I'm struggling. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 126, 5. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. We don't have to be strong all the time. We don't have to put on a mask. We don't have to, you know, toughen up all the time. The Bible is like, it's teaching us, hey, cry. Let it out. And you will see that joy will come. Joy will come when you release those things. The other thing we learn from a child is that a child does what you tell them to do. 
even if begrud- even if begrudgingly, <laughs> even if you after you t- you know hear no please no, but they still do it, right? So what does God tell you to do? He tells you to come to Him. He tells you to confess. He tells you to clean your, clean your act up. He tells you not to go, not to hang out with that person. He tells you not to this or not that. He gives you instructions. There is a, well, not this because this is electronic, but there is a book full of instructions on things he's telling you to do so that you will have a better life, right? Even if you sometimes are like, ah, I don't want to do it. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because he's calling you to something higher. He's calling you to greater. He's calling you to holiness. He's calling you to purity. And that will produce the life that you're called to live. Right? So a child knows that when they're told to do something, they got to do it. Another thing I learned from being a child is in the category of belief. Children believe you. How dare they? Have you ever told, told a child you were going to do something and tried not to do it? Like, I hold off telling my girls that we're going somewhere or we're seeing someone or I'm getting them something, whatever it is, until I am 110% sure that I can make that happen. Because otherwise, mom, but you promised. I didn't. I just said maybe. No, maybe is a yes. Right? They believe you. When, you. when you tell the child something, they believe you. And I want to, there's a passage in, um, in, 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 in James 1.6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When you ask the Lord for something, do you believe that he's going to give it to you? Do you believe that he's going to show up? Do you believe that he is for you? All these songs that we continually sing, are we believing what we sing? Are we believing that he is going to show up in our lives? And there's, what's more is a child is even, even believes when they don't see it. I mean, I have this like Elfie that comes up in my house every year. And this Elfie apparently does amazing things, you know, tricks and stuff. And they believe it's Elfie, you know. And you go, well, is believing in God like believing in Elfie? No. But the process of believing, God shows up and he does things in your life. And your belief will grow as he does. So you have to employ a measure of faith without seeing. You have to employ a measure of, I'm just going to jump in. And then God will begin to sustain your steps and your belief will grow in him. It's okay to come in with a little. It's okay to come in with the size of a mustard seed. It's okay to give whatever you have and that will grow. But you must come in with belief. There's a passage in Hebrews 11.1 1 that says, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. The truth is that you won't see it in, at first. You have to jump and then see. And Hebrews eleven six and without faith and without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Here are the ingredients. 
Lastly, a child is innocent. It's pure. Right? And the Bible calls us to the same purity. He calls us to that same honesty. It says in Psalms 51.10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Then 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there are passages, God, so Jesus says, you know what, if you don't become like a child and you're not, you don't uh, come to me like a child, you won't enter the kingdom of God, right? And then he gives us in many other places throughout scripture the recipe and the how to do this. And so needless to say, that night, after putting Chloe to bed, she slept in her bed all night. And I went to my knees. I went to my knees and I said, God, I surrender. I surrender. I don't know where all of this, these thoughts and these anxieties and these feelings are coming from. I can't pinpoint um, when it happened but I do know a God who can rescue me. I surrender and I place you on the throne of my life. I place you as first. You know, we get, we get caught up with so many things. And if you want to live the life that God has called you to live, if you want to come back to life fully, it will require a measure of humility, of belief, and of purity. It will require of you to come before the king of kings and kneel. It will require that you take yourself off of the throne. We, we can easily put ourselves in the throne. And that's a bad place for us to be. Because then all that matters is our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, our desires, our wants, our money, our, you know, growth, our... That's all that matters. If we're on the throne, we're living for ourselves, then you're chasing things that will make you bigger. Right? But if God is on the throne and you humble yourself, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Right? If we are willing to humble ourselves before the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. He will lift us. He will get us to where we need to be. All of those things that are occupying our minds, that are causing us to be anxious and worried and work and spin our wheels to gain and to get and to go. See, those won't, those won't measure. They, they won't be as important anymore. And instead, we will have the right focus to become what he designed us to become. I surrendered that night everything to God. The things that were making me anxious, the things that I wanted to control. For me, I realized that a lot of the things that caused me issues and in, in, in these worries were my children. Like I felt like I could save them. I realized that I was the one that had to uphold them. And if they got sick, I got anxious. If they, you know, were struggling with something, I was struggling with it too. So there was a lot of, you know, thoughts in my head. And that night I said, God, as if I can take care of them better than you. And so I've had to surrender that. What do you have to surrender? What is it that causes you to lie awake at night? What is it that causes you 
to feel like you could barely breathe when this thing is flaring is at its most. See, that night I believed that God's words were true. The words that created the universe. The words that sustained the universe. And the words that are not meant to be an ornament on your nightstand. They're true. They're true for all of us. And they are alive. And they are active. The Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, You keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Your mind is where it begins. If you begin to, if you place your mind on God and if you study his words and if you keep your mind focused on God, you will see that your peace, that everything you need will flow from there. And I want to encourage you this morning, like I said, to ask for help. See, this season for me, I had to rely on other people. And if you've known me long enough, you know that I like to take care of things on my own. Even my husband was like, no, I got this. I got this, right? I always just got it. And he looked at me one day and he says, honey, is it really that bad that you need me for a little bit? Is it really that bad to need someone for a little bit? Lean on your friends. Lean on your community. Lean. This is why the church is here. The church is here to support one another, to care for one another, to pray with one another, to uplift one another. We are here. We are the family that God has placed you in. Would you lean on it? Allow people into your heart so that you don't have to walk this out alone because God has given you people to walk it out with you. See, I'm going to borrow the words of Pastor Craig Rochelle. He says, getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Okay? It's a sign of wisdom. So I'm going to end today with two questions, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something you haven't done in church in a long time. Number one, I'm going to ask you is, are you coming to God like a child? Are you coming to him with those, with humility, with belief, and with purity, with honesty, giving him what's really in your heart? And number two, when was the last time you got on your knees? When was the last time you made God king? If you were meeting Queen Elizabeth while she was alive, Rest her soul. God rest her soul. You would bow, right? Because that is a sign of reverence. Well, he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And he is worthy of our bowing, right? He's worthy of us getting on our knees and actually surrendering. So we're going to take a minute. We're going to worship again. I'm ending a little earlier today. So we can have a moment to come before God with surrender, to come before God, to bow before him, to give you an opportunity to pray with someone if you need to talk to someone. I want you to know that this is your safe place. This is your home. This is your church. This is your your family, the family that God has given you. And Liz is going to come up in a minute, and she's going to be available to pray with you. If you need something that you just need to get off your chest, It's going to stay there with her. Nobody's going to know. But if you need to get it off, because the darkness is only expelled when it's brought to light. 
If there's something in you that needs to come out and the devil then loses all power, bring it out. Let's get it out of you and let the Lord's light shine in you. Amen? So she's going to be here to pray with you. Whatever it is, there's no judgment here. Just bring it out and let her pray. If you need to just get on your knees wherever you are, if you want to come up front and do it up here, you can do that. Ain't nobody looking at you. We're not looking. We're not judging. We're not, you know. But if you want more space and you want to come to the front, you're welcome to do that. Get on your knees and say, God, you are king of my life. I need you to show up. If you want to do it in your seat and worship and just we're all going to stand. Um, if you want to do it in your seat and just say there, kneel there or just talk to God there, you can do that. This is going to be for the next five minutes a place where no one is looking at anyone, but we're connecting with God and allowing him to reignite something in us, to resuscitate something that's not, that seems to maybe dead. Maybe it's dead. Maybe it's dormant. Maybe it's sleeping and it needs to wake up. We're gonna, and we're going to give you about five minutes to awaken the Spirit of God within us. Amen? So everybody, please, if you don't mind, just stand. We're going to close our eyes. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship. And you can come to Liz. You can come kneel down here. You can do it there. You can do whatever you want. It's five minutes. But I want to begin something that you take home, and you go to your closet, your room, your kitchen floor, whatever it is, and you access God in a way you haven't before. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, that our lives are yours. And you created us with purpose. Your word says that while we were in our mother's womb, you formed us. You knit us together. You have a plan for each and every one of our lives. And we're not lost. We are found in you. So as children of the, the most high God, we come to your presence this morning with surrender. We come to say that you're holy. You're holy. You are on the throne. You are our king. You're a rock, a redeemer. You're the healer. You are everything. You are everything, God. And we submit our ways, our thoughts, our concerns, our joys, our fears. We submit them all to you this morning. We open our hearts, God. Have your way. Have your way this morning. Let's worship. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.